Welcome back to the Sports Season Podcast. I'm your host, John Contreras, with your co-host, Adam Garcia. And today, we are back again for, and we made a new schedule. We're going to do a podcast every two weeks because we're going to get more news that way and give us more time to talk about it. We're, we're going to be talking about some free agency. We're going to be talking about um, March Madness, contracts, t- contract extensions, the whole shebang. Just grab a snack and just sit down. Sit back and relax. You are watching the Sports Season Podcast. All right. So, yeah, we are back. Hopefully consistent with this two-week schedule so we can get more news and all that. But anyway, let's get started. All right. So, obviously, last time I believe we talked about J.J. Watt getting released. And he has now been signed a couple of, I think, a week ago now at this point. But, yes, J.J. Watt is now an Arizona Cardinal signed the two-year deal with the Cardinals worth $31 million with $23 million guaranteed. John, what is your reaction to this? My reaction was kind of shocking because I was like, because like when you look at the rumors of anyone that you follow on Instagram or just any sources at all, like the Cardinals were not in there. Like, um, it, I think it was down to like the Browns and some other team. I forgot. But or yeah, I think it was the Browns, Packers, Steelers, and Bills. I think. Yeah, like the Cardinals were not like not even in the mix, and it was just shocking to me that they got signed there. And plus, and plus, like JJ Watt was going to like extreme lengths to just hide this. Like it's just insane to me. But but then, um, so JJ Watt signed with, with the Cardinals, and then um, he you signed to an eight and eight team that wasn't really that consistent to be honest at all offense was good defense was bad it was better than last year but it was still bad so that's why they didn't make the playoffs and do i think jj Watt can improve this defense yeah i do i do think they can but do i think age can't catch up to him i i that is a possibility like age he's like in his mid-30s but i i think this will help out for like the first year but then like he'll then like second year i don't know i feel like he'll kind of dip off in quality but yeah, I think it's. I think for about half the, I feel like this could be a good signing, but I'm not really too sold on it yet. All right, so yeah, JJ Watt, obviously, like we can even say like he's one of the best defensive players of all time, definitely in our generation where we've grown up. But yeah, JJ Watt was a phenomenal player on the Texans, and then just didn't have much success there, but. My reaction to this, I'm mostly confused, kind of what you said, like, J.J. Watt wanted to go to a contender, right? So, he's going to the most competitive football division in the NFL by far, I would say, with the Rams, Cardinals, the Seahawks, and the 49ers. 49ers were just in the Super Bowl two years ago. The Seahawks are very consistent every single year. And then the um, the Rams just got Matthew Stafford and made the playoffs with Jared Goff this past year. So, you know, I'm pretty confused by this. I think even with this, the Cardinals are still the fourth best team in that division. You know, J.J. Watt definitely improves that defense. Him and Chandler Jones have a good relationship already. And them two on the edge is going to be very, very scary. But I just don't really see the point of this, you know, if he would have went to the Packers, you know, they're just in the NFC Championship. Bills were just in the AFC Championship. The Browns almost shocked the Chiefs this year. And then the Steelers, they got a first-round upset, but, you know, that defense is amazing. 
and they would have added JJ would have been even more amazing. But I again, I'm just I don't get this signing, and I'm really confused by this. So we're done with JJ Watt. Let's go to the NBA right now. We're going to talk about another coach firing that happened within these past two weeks, and that is Atlanta Hawks coach Lloyd Pierce, who obviously was. Uh, a coach at Santa Clara was an assistant for the Cavs, Warriors, Grizzlies, and the 76ers, and then was hired to be the head coach for the Atlanta Hawks. And his time there, he won 63 games and 120 losses at a 34.4 win percentage, which is really, really bad. He's not made the playoffs at all with the Hawks. They finished fifth in that division every single year. And, well, I'm just going to say this. I don't think this came as a shocker. Yeah, it really isn't because, like, if you watch some NBA games, like, and you look, just look at the sideline at all, like, he, Louis Pierce just looks lost out there. Like, I don't think he, it's like Steve Nash. Like, yeah, like, they both, like, look lost out there. They don't know what to do. And if they even put the, put the camera on both of them, like, they just don't know. They just don't know because they, because they don't have an impact on the game. The difference is, is that Louis Pierce doesn't have Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving to back him up. But he was there to re- just for a coach to rebuild the, for the Hawks, and yeah, that's kind of understandable. And even though he, I do think he was a bad coach, but I think I, I do think it's a, necess- a necessary fire for better things to come right right now. But and the Hawks have a very very bright future, in my opinion. It was like. They have Trey Young with like a lot of, with John Collins, a lot of young pieces, and then they had some veterans like like Bogdan Bogdanovic. He's not a veteran, but whatever. Um, Danilo Gallinari, which he really hasn't played at all, but whatever. They still have a good team, in my opinion, and they they can still make the playoffs, in my opinion. So, I think this is the necessary fire. Mm-hmm. And remember, their uh, their intern head coach is going to be Nate McMillan. So. Obviously led the Pacers to the playoffs these past couple years, so I think the Hawks can definitely turn this around. All right, now let's go back to the NFL and free agency. Not official yet, but the uh, the franchise tag deadline did pass a couple of days ago, and we did get some franchise tags. Not I expected a lot more, but no, there wasn't as much as I thought that there were going to be. The tags included Chris Godwin, Marcus May, Taylor Moten. Dak Prescott signed a long-term deal, but they had to franchise him this year to make sure they can't again. Allen Robinson, Cam Robinson, Brandon Sheriff, Justin Simmons, Leonard Williams, and Marcus Williams. So, John, what are your reactions to these tags? Uh, Most of them are like kind of just good players that teams that don't have that much cap so they kind of need to do this but like Marcus May to me just is just kind of confusing for me because like if you're going to franchise tag Marcus May then like the Jets are obviously trying to make a push for, for Deshaun Watson but the Texans are just any calls on anything so like it even puts up the question that if he is going to be even traded to there but if we're going to get to like the scenario that um that he's not coming, then why, then why, then why tag him? Like you're just letting them just stick in no man's land, basically, on on a bad team where he could be getting signed to like a good team, like the Ravens or Packers or the Browns, like all those other teams. 
like that's just confusing for me on the Jets. And obviously for Dak Prescott, um, he, he got signed a very big deal that we're gonna talk about very later. That's really all it's also Chris Godwin that it was kind of surprised. I was kind of surprised. I, I thought they're gonna get big money, but they didn't. They they franchise tagged him, and it was kind of shocking to me. That's all I really have to say. All right. Um. Honestly, for me, Godwin, I did not expect to be franchised. I thought he they were gonna let him go. I thought they were gonna place it on Shaq Barrett, but he's the end up. He's the one ending up going to go to free agency. Marcus May. I kind of see this. He was very very decent this year for the New York Jets. Very young safety. Obviously, don't want to let that go. And he'll only earn about 10 mil this year. Taylor Moten, again, like not a lot for him. And he, he is very, very young. Same with Cam Robinson. Dak, we're going to talk about later. A-Rob, this was expected, I think, out of the most. And, you know, Allen Robinson is a very, very good receiver. And obviously, the Bears did not want to let him go. Chicago doesn't have any cap room at all. They are in the negative right now. So... They need to try and work out a long-term extension, free up some money for him. Brandon Sheriff, again, not a surprise football team. That offensive line needs to stay together. You know, they still need to improve that. But Justin Simmons, another one. He's one, probably a top-five safety in this league. Justin Simmons was phenomenal these past two years. And I think the Broncos definitely need to pay him. They have a ton of money in cap room as well. Leonard Williams was absolutely phenomenal with 11 and a half sacks this year. And I expected him, them and the Giants to actually get a long-term deal done, but that did not happen. And he is now franchised for the second year in a row. And then Marcus Williams. This is the one I'm shocked by the most. I thought the Saints would definitely get a long-term deal done. But, of course, this time they had over $90 million over the cap. So, good move by them franchise tagging them. So... The notable free agents who didn't get franchise tagged. Aaron Jones didn't get tagged, but he got a contract extension. We'll talk about that later. Kenny Galladay did not get tagged. I don't know why. Chris Carson did not get tagged. Shaquille Griffin did not get tagged. Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith did not get tagged either. Very, very shocked by some of those right there. But now let's go to some contract extensions that happened and... We'll talk about it right now. Aaron Jones did get paid his money. He got a four-year, I believe, a $48 million deal. So, John, what's your reaction? This is a bad move. And not because Aaron, I don't – it's not because I don't think Aaron Jones is a good player. I think he is, like, a top-ten running back or and possibly, like, you can probably argue top five and top five running back. But – I, the reason why I see this is a bad move because I'm I'm on the train that I I believe paying running backs it, it doesn't do good for you. Like you can look at Ezekiel Elliott this year, but like all the like you can look at you can look at Ezekiel Elliott, which he did horrible. He barely looks, he barely looks like a like um a starting running back. Like Tony Pollard did better. Like you can look at Le'Veon Bell. He got paid big money by by the Jets to just get to just get cut. This is. That I just showed you some proof right there. It, like pain running backs, so, like ninety nine percent of the actually ninety ninety percent of the time doesn't work for you. But if the Packers need to do this, then then sure they can do it. It w- it will definitely help out the run game. But why I find this confusing is just because they trapped they they spent their second round pick on AJ Dillon, which he looked very promising. Like in his time of play, when you had to share, when you had to share the field with um 
with Aaron Jones. But yeah, that's really have to say. This is kind of confusing to me. And I completely agree with you right here. I've been on the train of running backs don't pay them at all. And, you know, the Packers, Corey Lindsley was there, you know, all pro center right there, probably top three at his position. But no, they decide to pay the running back who is frankly, like, probably a top 10 running back, but not even close to top five. Like, Aaron Jones is... He's still an amazing player, don't get me wrong, but running backs, you know, just I don't think they deserve to get paid that much. They're the most replaceable position in football by far, you know, and Aaron Jones getting 12 mil a year, that's a lot for a running back. So I'm not on this train. I think they definitely should have re-signed Corey Lindsley, but they will not. And now Corey Lindsley will be probably joining a new team this year. All right, let's go to Matt Milano next. Now, Matt Milano got a four-year, $41 million deal from the uh, Buffalo Bills. Okay, so Matt Milano, very important piece to that Bills defense. By far the the best pass coverage linebacker, like like in that defense with with Tremaine Edmonds, which he got exposed without having Matt Milano, but... He's a very important piece of that defense, and the Bills really need really need to re-sign him. And they actually got him for quite actually less expensive than I, than I would have thought for, for at his position. But but the Bills definitely got a big W on this. It's going to help them keep contending and hopefully one day beat the Chiefs. But I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, I completely agree. Like Matt Milano, I think he's a very underrated linebacker. Only 25 years old as well. He got his money, and I'm not surprised by this at all. Matt Milano is a great NFL player. Him and Tremaine Edmonds made a good linebacking court, and good linebackers are to come in Buffalo. All right, next, I'm going to talk about one that shocked me, TB12 Tom Brady at the age of 43. Basically, it's another, it's another one-year deal for $25 million, but it's kind of a four-year deal. But it signs him definitely for the 2022 season. So, what's your reaction? Um, my reaction is that Tom is that the Bucks needed to re-sign him because if they they weren't going to re-sign him, they they're not going to be playoff contenders or even come go to the playoffs. But but Tom Brady took this massive pay cut, and then now they have a lot of cap space to possibly re-sign Shaq Bear or sign another free agent. But Tom Brady, like at this age, at this at this age, with his longevity, is still a good quarterback and not a top ten quarterback of all time. But but I think this is a good move for the Bucks because it for the Bucks because it does create a lot more cap space for them to sign more free agents so so they can keep contending and hopefully and and hopefully can um, defend that title. All right. Yeah, I think so as well. I think Tom still had another year on that deal, which kind of confused me. Yeah, because he signed a two-year, $50 million deal. Completely got rid of that last year, and now it's down to a one-year, $25 million deal. I mean, that's what Tom Brady's done. He's always taking pay cuts so he can help the team. And, you know, not surprised by this. The age of 43, Tom Brady, still getting his money. And, you know... They're going to try and defend that title, as he said. Now, another Bucks player right here, Levante David, now got a two-year, $25 million deal. 
I, I really didn't think that they were going to re-sign Le- Levante David. I thought they were just going to let him walk because Devin White, like in my opinion, is by far a better linebacker and performed way better than he did in the playoffs and had a more impact on that defense. So they can let Devin White have full con- be the best middle linebacker on that team and have full control over that defense. But, 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 but re-signing the Levante, Levante David definitely helps them a lot with their defense and makes it better. But uh, in my opinion, that they they should let him walk him because he's I think he's entering his mid thirties and and I don't think he's gonna be this good for for this long. So I, I, I kind of think it's a bad move. Levante David's still pretty decent linebacker. I would agree with you. I think I would put Devin White over Levante David right now. But um, I see this coming from the Buccaneers. You know, they just won the Super Bowl. Clearly, they want to run it back with this team. They're trying to get Shaq Barrett back as well. And I think that's mainly why they did this. I think I completely agree with you. Like, I think they should have gave the reins to Devin White. But, you know, Levante David, um, an amazing linebacker, just won a Super Bowl. And they're going to try and run this back right now. So now let's go to Big Ben right now, who also restructured his contract. He would have got the most money at $42 million, I believe, this year. Now that dumps down to $14 million for this one-year contract. I think, in my opinion already, it's safe to say that this is going to be Big Ben's last year to run it back to the Steelers and hopefully, and for them to hopefully get a Super Bowl or contend with them with with the Bills and Chiefs and Ravens. But I don't think that, that they're good enough anyway, even with Big Ben. Like they like their offense is not like they don't really have like the, the explosive receivers or running backs or tight ends. But they do have the offensive line and do have that defense and the great coach. But I don't really think that Big Ben's really gonna help and I think he might regress and make this team worse. But I would have preferred that he would have retired. Yeah, I agree as well. I think Big Ben now has probably dumbed down to like a bottom 20, bottom 15 quarterback in this league now. At the age of 38, you know, Big Ben still wants one more try at a Super Bowl. You know, um, Marquise Pouncey retired and uh, Andre... Andre Villanueva, or however you pronounce his first name, um, is going to free agency. They did not resign him, so I think they definitely need to bring them, uh, bring back Villanueva for Big Ben, or at the least sign someone. Because at the age of 33, even though we call him a Big Ben, you know he can't be taking those hits like that. You know he almost got injured this year. So, but yeah, this is obviously probably going to be his last year. And, you know, this is final time to run it back with that amazing defense and pretty, pretty solid offense, I'll say. All right, next, we'll go to probably top three center, definitely. And Jason Kelsey restructured now to a one-year $9 million deal. This is definitely a good move by the Eagles, and I was very happy to see him back. And I wasn't really expecting him to be back, to be honest. I thought like last year was gonna be his last season. Like obviously, I think he's thirty-five. I think he's thirty-three. <laughs> okay, well, okay, I don't talk about that. But he's thirty-three. I think he, I think he still can't play like probably two or three more years in the NFL. But 
we got you got him one year deal, and I think this is a good move for the Eagles to help out with their horrible <laughs> cap situation. And if I had if I had a full segment of ranting, I, I would, but it's not it's not the time right now. If you want if you want something to react, just go follow our TikTok no. at Sports Season at Sports Season Podcast. Just shameless plug. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Sorry, but but overall, it's it's a good move, and I it's a good move by the Eagles, and yeah, definitely. Sorry, but Jason Kelsey, yeah, phenomenal center, top three, definitely. You know, the Eagles definitely needed to get him back. That offensive line is regressing, and clearly, and injury prone as well. Very important for the Eagles to re-sign him. Especially for $9 million. You know, Jason Kelsey's a phenomenal offensive lineman. And to get him for 9 mil, that's a steal right there. So, good move by the Eagles. Still need to clear a little bit more salary, though. Now, let's go to one. Cam Newton re-signed with the Patriots on a one-year that can get him up to $14.5 million deal. <laughs> To be honest, um, I didn't. I was expecting Cam to leave for probably like the football team for like that, like or some other team, or possibly sadly become a backup. But for the amount of money that he's been paid, like it's kind of like a decent move because I think Cam can be a good quarterback again. Because like in the first two weeks of the 2020 season, he looked like an MVP. Can actually, no, no, I don't know about that. But, no, definitely. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. He looked like an MVP candidate, just rushing for a lot of yards, throwing touchdowns, making that offense better with no receivers and tight end. He just had no one around him besides an offensive line and a decent defense. Like, no, nothing. In it. And, and he just made that team go. And then after he got COVID, everything just fell apart. But his rushing stats did not fall off. And I think this could be a good deal. I feel like Bill Belichick just needs to, to re-sign Joe Tooney and sign some and sign some receivers or a tight end. I completely agree. Like Cam Newton, I think he can still definitely play in this league. Only 31 years old. Obviously, like okay, I'm gonna say it's last year is not his fault. Or you know, that Patriots receiving court, probably the worst in the league, um, maybe without Edelman because he wasn't there the whole year. Like man, Cam Newton had no help at all. And I don't think I think he's overhated right now from that past season. I don't think he was as bad as people were saying, but obviously first two weeks, yep, playing like an MVP and then gets the Rona and then just, you know, it affects his body and it's just not the same anymore. You know, Cam still led the Patriots to a seven and nine record, by the way. But, you know, Cam Newton, I think is a good move by the Patriots. Hopefully performs well this year because I definitely want to see Superman Cam still be a starter in this league. All right, let's talk about uh, Kyle Uzcheck right now so we can get this over with. I think Kyle Uzcheck got a four-year, what twenty-five million dollar deal. I'm pretty sure. So, uh, five-year, twenty-seven million dollar deal actually. So, what is your reaction to that, John? Hey, first of all, give respect to the fullbacks. They're still people, like punters. They're still people. But, but um, paying like Kyle Yuschek this much is—I don't know if I can really agree or disagree. I'm kind of like in the middle, because on one hand, like they the 49ers do use him and and like like really creatively. Like he can be a blocker, he can be a running back, a receiving back, 
Like he can be all those things, like and be really good for an offense. But for the amount of money he's getting, like it's kind of kind of worries me about their cap. But about yeah, about their cap. But it's not really that. I still think Kyle Juszczyk is the best fullback, and by a long shot. But I think pay him a little less, a little less money. Yeah. Yeah, I think so as well. You know, I think over um, was it four million a year, over five million a year actually for him. Um, yeah, I think you got to dim that down just a little bit. Kyle Juszczyk's the best fullback in the league by far. And yeah, like 49ers use him really effectively. But yeah, I think you just got to dim down that money just a little bit. All right, we have a couple more here. We'll go with Daryl Williams, who really revived his career in Buffalo. He was falling off that couple years there and now gets a three-year, $24 million deal with the Buffalo Bills to stay there. This is definitely a good move for the Bills because in Daryl like Williams, like when he was first started in Carolina, I think for his first thing, two years he was looking pretty good and then, and then they got let go for Taylor Moten and then he, he was doing bad and then he got signed by the Bills for one year and then he just did amazing like like in my opinion he's a top 10 right tackle not top, no way top 5 but he had a pretty good year and almost made the Pro Bowl if not made it I don't think he did actually no there's no way he made the Pro Bowl yeah, I don't think he made the pro, but it was still a good year, and he should be proud, proud of himself for reviving his career, and now he just got this contract, so it can help the Bills contend for Super Bowls with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Definitely. Daryl Williams definitely reviving his career here in Buffalo. That starting right tackle, you know, can still help uh, with Cody Ford, you know. Cody Ford's still there. Hopefully, you're going to be that long-term left tackle for them and hopefully develop him. But Daryl Williams like really revived his career with the Buffalo Bills. Definitely deserved this contract. Had eight mil a year for him as well. I'm pretty shocked by that. You know, that's, I think that's a steal right there. And I'm really happy for Daryl Williams right there. Now let's go to the statistically best kicker this year with Jason Sanders. Now the Dolphins re-signs for a five-year, $22 million contract. Um, yeah, Jason Sanders had a had the best year in fantasy and statistically for kickers, better than Justin Tucker and all those guys and Graham Gano. But I do think he, he deserves this contract, but a little less money like Cal Juszczyk. Like, I don't think kickers should be, should be getting paid like over like 20 mil in total contract. Like even though they do deserve it for for what they put up for stats and to help out their team, I, I just think that a little less money could could help them in the cap, especially because of Jake Elliott, especially because of him. But but it's not about him. So and but in my opinion, Jason Sanders does deserve a contract, but a little less money. Yeah, I agree. Like you know. Um, kickers, I don't think should be paid that much. You know, I get it; they're really important. But like, you know, you know kickers, there's still people. But no, like five year, twenty two mil. Uh, just dim it down a little bit, and I think I'm comfortable with that. A little bit over four mil a year. Um, I Jason Sanders did have a really good year, though. I don't think he. Uh, I think he missed two kicks. 
or something like that in the regular season, which is pretty good for him. And, you know, good for him getting his money. And now to the biggest move of the NFL so far this offseason, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys have reached a long-term extension. Dak signing a four-year, $160 million deal to stay in Dallas, which includes $126 million guaranteed. A no-trade clause, a no-tag clause as well. He will be getting $75 million in the first season with the highest signing bonus at $66 million in fran- in uh, NFL history. So, John, I'm the Cowboys fan here. Um, I'm going to let you go first on this. And so, uh, oh, yeah, save me. Been. Okay, so, you know, you know whatever. I'm just going to say my opinion. If I, just, if I just want to say what people agree, then I don't care. I just want to give my opinion. So, overpaid. Overpaid. And he, Dak is not top five quarterback. Like, I don't think he is. Like, Lamar, I think Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, um, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and Aaron Rodgers are better than them. I think that, I think I named six or five. I don't, I don't know. I didn't count, but whatever. Overpaid. I don't think, I don't think he deserves to be paid, to be paid more than like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, or Deshaun Watson, even though they're all very good quarterbacks. And I do think Dak is a top 10. I don't think he's a top five, and especially coming off of that scary leg injury that could affect his athleticism very badly. But it it is a bad deal to me, and it's not going to help with the Cowboys' cap situation. You know, they they cleared seventeen million, but it's not going to help them with with like all the money they've been paying out. Like they they just gave Zeke million Zeke like sixty million just play bad, and Jalen Smith is being paid like top ten, do nothing. They, and they need to resign like Lane Vanderish next year, even though he's injury prone. But he's still a very vital part of that defense. But in my opinion, overall, overpaid, and it's gonna it's gonna hurt them in the future. All right, I'm gonna completely disagree with that. So call me biased. I don't think I really am because I'm a six in points right now. But um, so we all know that the the cap is going very very high up in a couple of years it went down this year clearly from all the money that they lost but the cap's going to go up to above about 250 million i believe it's at 180 something right now and dak right now at a um he's getting 40 million a year basically but um you know he's the, statistically the second best uh the second highest paid quarterback in NFL history and you know I don't really see a problem with this like Josh Allen is coming up in two years or even this year I believe Lamar is coming up Baker all those quarterbacks Justin Herbert whenever he's ready you know these quarterbacks are going to get paid a lot of money and you know getting Dak at 40 million right now whenever this cap is going to go up and quarterbacks are going to be asking for a lot more I, I don't see a problem with it. I I have him as my QB rankings uh, seventh right now. I think he's a really dang good quarterback in this league right now. He was on pace for about 7,000 yards and 60 touchdowns, but of course had that gruesome injury this year. You know, very, very scary injury for him. Hopefully he can come back and be good. But, you know, like Dak is an amazing quarterback. Like, People will call him overpaid, overrated, whatever. It doesn't matter, you know. 
Like, <clears throat> Dak, uh, probably a top five leader in this league. Like, the Cowboys, look where they are without him. They, I get it, they had bad quarterbacks, but, you know, that team and a bad defense as well, bad running back. But that team without Dak Prescott was, was horrible. They went 6-10 and 10 this year. With Dak, I mean, I get it. That defense was horrible with Dak on the field, but Dak was just putting up stats amazingly. He was just carrying the Cowboys offense, and you can clearly see that Dak Prescott was clearly the most important part to the Cowboys organization, and I don't see a problem with this at all. The no-trade clause and no-tag, you know, definitely on uh, Todd France, that agent of his, getting that really important. And, you know, for Dak, he beat Jerry. Like, he beat Jerry Jones, you know? The master negotiator, Jerry Jones. You know, he beats he beats him and gets his money, gets the no-trade clause, no-tag. Like, Dak won this contract right here. And Dak has won the offseason so far, you know. Dak has got his money to stay in Dallas. He says he wants to be a cowboy his whole life. And that it's only getting started and he's here to stay. This is his home. And I'm very excited for this. You know, I'm excited to have my quarterback back. And for this Cowboys team to probably go 8-8 again. But no, I can like... I'm, Dak's an amazing quarterback, and I'm glad we brought him back on this deal. All right. So that is it with that. So now let's go to our free agency predictions. So we're going to do some uh, – we, we have five players right now that we're going to put out predictions for where we think that they're going to land. All right, so – the first one was Allen Robinson, since he got franchise tag, but he's not signing the tag. I'm pretty sure he'll become a free agent. So, all right. I have Allen Robinson going to the Baltimore Ravens. That's also the same thing. Even the Ravens as well. All right. Shaq Barrett, I have him going back to the Buccaneers. Also the same thing. All right. And then next was Trent Williams. I have him going to the Arizona Cardinals. They have a lot of money, and I think they're going to try and go for that offensive line. I have him re-signing with the 49ers. Nice. I had Joe Tooney going to the Kansas City Chiefs. I have Joe Tooney to, to the Chargers. And Corey Lindsley. I have him going to the Chargers. I also have him going to the Chargers. Nice. All right. So that was our little segment we just wanted to do right there. So now let's go to back to the NBA. We're going to talk about this because this involves well, my favorite team, Jonas, two favorite teams. So um, the San Antonio Spurs and LaMarcus Aldridge have agreed that they will not return. Well, LaMarcus has agreed he will not return to a team. So they they either have a couple of uh, I think seven days yeah March 25th to either trade him at the trade deadline or they're going to buy him out Aldridge was a phenomenal player for the Spurs like in his career here he put up over 20 points per game like I love the Marcus Aldridge you know he was very consistent with us I think I don't know went to the playoffs every year besides this past one 
And, you know, I'm kind of sad he's leaving, but I think it was inevitable. You know, he's 35 years old. I would rather trade him right now, maybe get a first-round pick for him. But that's just my opinion. Okay, so um, Lamarcus Aldridge, like, he also signed that, that big deal in 2016, I believe. 2015. Okay, yeah, 2015. And um, it's mostly been good. Like, for me, it's been, at the end, it's been kind of disappointing because, like, LA, he's been averaging like full 14 points, which is, I think less than 10 rebounds. It's just kind of disappointing, even though he's playing like a small ball center, has power forward. But I think age is catching up to him, and I don't think he's going to be good for like that much longer. And I I do think a team, sh- like a contending team, should like take a chance on him, like the Lakers, Nets, or like uh, or like some other team. I think I think they should take a, take a chance on him because it'll because it'll ultimately help help them on offense and on defense, in my opinion. But I think this needs to happen, like, anyway, even if the Spurs were going to go to the playoffs or not. Like, I know this is going to make this team, like, way worse. It's, it's basically just going to be, like, DeJounte Murray, DeMar DeRozan, and Kelly Johnson just trying to carry this team to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But but whatever happens, I, 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 I do think this needs to happen. And I'm... And finger... I'm... <sighs> And I'm holding fingers crossed for you at home. Trade Demar Derozan at the end, at the at the offseason. I just I, I please I just want some assets for him. Mm-hmm. All right. If there's any Spurs fans listening to this, yeah, like you know, we need to rebuild. You know, we went on that magical 22 year where we made the playoffs. You know, got five chips out of it. Very happy, but it's time to rebuild. Kelvin Johnson's looking like a star in the making right now. He's carrying this team. I don't even know why he's playing power forward, but he's doing it so effectively that it doesn't matter at this point. Like, Kelvin Johnson is phenomenal. Hopefully can be like this team's future along with DeJounte Murray and a bunch of other young players as well. Alright, now with that being said, I'm going to move to our final topic, which is going to be March Madness. So that's uh, March Madness. is going to start Thursday. And since it's back this year, we're going to be making our bracket predictions. We do these every year. Well, I do. I think John does as well. But this year, we haven't been keeping up with it. So just letting letting you know on that. We're not the biggest on college basketball. But, you know, it's March Madness. We have to make brackets. All right. So we're going to start out in the West. Okay, well, well, as I was say, was we pay more attention to college football than college basketball, so we're just basically guessing because we don't know anything. So don't judge us if we if our picks just get wrong in like the first match. So just don't judge us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So all right, we'll start out in the West right here. So Gonzaga has um, two teams are still playing to uh, play against Gonzaga, but I don't think that's going to matter. I think Gonzaga is going to win this game. I have Gonzaga as well. All right, next we have OU in Missouri. I'm actually going to go with an upset here in Missouri. Yep, I'm also going with that, but you, but you can also you can also just look at it as as us being Texas fans and just want Oklahoma to lose because they're because they're our rivals. But whatever, you can just look at it that way too. Yeah, I just think Missouri's. Um, all right. So next we have Creighton and UCSB. I'm taking Creighton right here. I'm taking UCSB. Wow, in a major upset. Wow. All right. 
Next, we have the number four seed, Virginia, and the number 13 seed, Ohio. I'm actually going with a big upset here. And actually, I'm going to take Virginia. Never mind. I have Ohio Ohio being the defending champs. Wow. In the first round. Next, we have USC. Uh, Obviously, we don't know who they're playing against, but I'm still going to take USC, whoever they play against. Yeah, me too. Next, we have the Kansas Jayhawks at the number three seed in EWU. I'm taking in the Jayhawks. I'm also taking the Jayhawks. Next, we have the number seven seed Oregon facing the number 10 seed at VCU. I'm taking Oregon in this one. I'm taking VCU. Right. Next, for the West last, we have... The number two seed, Iowa, and number 15 seed, Grand Canyon. I'm going to take Iowa. I'm taking Iowa as well. Next, let's move to the south. We have the number one seed, Baylor, facing against Hartford, and I'm taking Baylor. Wait, you're taking Baylor? Yes, I'm taking Baylor over Hartford. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so now we have... The number eight seed, North Carolina Tar Heels against the number nine seed, Wisconsin Badgers. I am taking North Carolina. I'm also taking North Carolina. Next, we have Villanova against uh, Winthrop. I'm taking Villanova. I'm taking Villanova. Next, we have number four seed, Purdue against number 13, 13 seed, North Texas. I'm taking Purdue in this one. Taking North Texas. Number six seed, Texas Tech against Utah State. I'm actually going with the upset in Utah State right here. I'm going Texas Tech. All right, next. Number three seed, Arkansas going against Colgate. I'm taking Arkansas. I am also taking Arkansas. Now we have the number seven seed, Florida. Facing the number 10 seed, Virginia Tech. And I have the upset brewing here. I have Virginia Tech. I have the, the Gators moving on. Now, I don't even think we need to talk about this. But Ohio State, the number two seed. And facing the number 15 seed, Oral Roberts. I'm taking Ohio State. I'm also taking Ohio State. Now, down to the east, we go... All right, we don't have anyone for Michigan yet, but I think Michigan's going to beat whoever they play. Yeah, me too. All right, we have LSU and St. SBU. I'm going to take LSU in this one. I'm taking St. Bonaventure. I think that's what it's called. I don't know. I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't know. Now I have, we have the number five seed Colorado against Georgetown. I'm going to take Colorado. I'm taking Georgetown. Now the number four seed Florida State against the number thirteenth seed UNC Greensboro. I have Florida State. Of FSU. All right. Next, we have BYU. Don't know who they're playing yet, but I think BYU is going to win, whoever they play. Yep, me too. All right. Now we have our number three seed, Texas, playing against 
Abel Christian. I'm taking Texas in this one. I'm taking the Abel Christian. I'm just looking to get into Texas. All right. <laughs> now we have the number seven seed UConn against the number 10 seed Maryland. And I'm going to take um, UConn. I'm thinking Maryland. All right. Now we have the number two seed Alabama against Iona. Taking Bama. I'm taking Bama. Number one seed now to the Midwest, Illinois against Drexel. I'm taking Illinois. For the second time in the history, Drexel, the 16th seed, is going to be them. I'm picking Illinois. All right. The magical run team a couple years ago, Loyola Chicago. Against the number nine seed Georgia Tech, I'm taking Loyola Chicago. I'm also taking Loyola Loyola Chicago. All right. Next, we have the number five seed Tennessee against the number twelve seed Oregon State. I am going to take Tennessee in this game. I'm taking Oregon State. Next, we have Oklahoma State against. The number 13 seed Liberty, and I'm going to go with the major upset and pick Liberty. I'm picking Oklahoma State. Now we have San Diego State against Syracuse, and I'm going to go with San Diego State. I'm picking uh, Syracuse. Number three seed West Virginia against the number four seed Moorhead State. I'm going to go with. West Virginia. I'm going with Moorhead State. All right, number seven seed Clemson against the number ten seed Rutgers. I'm going to take Clemson in this one. I'm taking Clemson. Now we have the number two seed Houston playing against the number fifteen seed Cleveland State. I'm going to take Houston. I'm taking Houston. All right, let's go back to the West right here. Now, I have the number one seed, Gonzaga, against the number nine seed, Missouri State. And I'm, no, Missouri. And I'm taking Gonzaga. I'm taking Gonzaga. All right. Now, we have, I have number five seed, Creighton, against the number four seed, Virginia. I'm taking Virginia in this game. I have UCSB versus Ohio, and I'm taking Ohio. All right. I have the number six seed at USC against the Kansas Jayhawks, number three seed, and I'm going to take the Jayhawks. I'm also taking the Jayhawks. Now, we have the number seven seed Oregon Ducks against the number two seed Iowa. Now I'm going to take Iowa. I, I have VCU and Iowa, but I'm still taking Iowa. Right. Next to the South again. I, I have the number one seed Baylor against the number eight seed North Carolina, and I'm going to take Baylor. I'm going to take Baylor. Now I have the number five seed Villanova against the number four seed Purdue, and I'm going to go with Villanova. I have Villanova versus North Texas, and I'm taking Villanova. Right now, I have the number 11th seed, Utah State, against the number 3 seed, Arkansas, and I'm going with Utah State. I have Texas Tech versus Arkansas, and I'm actually going to take Texas Tech. All right, now to the final one, we have 
the number I have the number 10 seed Virginia Tech against the number two seed Ohio State. And man, that's a tough one, but I'm gonna go with Ohio State. I have I have Florida versus Ohio State. I'm picking the Gators. Alright, now back down to the east. Michigan, I have playing against LSU, and I think Michigan's gonna take that. I have this Michigan versus same Bonaventure, and I'm picking Michigan. All right. Now I have the number five seed, Colorado, against the number four seed, FSU, and I'm going to take Colorado in this one. I have Georgetown versus FSU, and I'm taking Georgetown. Next, I have BYU and Texas, and call me biased, I'm taking Texas. Well, we're both Texas fans, so we can both call us biased. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm also taking Texas. This one right here. I have the number seven seed Yukon against number two seed Alabama. And I'm gonna take Bama. I I have Maryland versus Bama, and I'm taking Bama. I'm right now to the Midwest, the number one seed Illinois against the number eight seed Loyola Chicago. And I'm picking the upset Loyola Chicago to move on. Okay, you read my mind, I swear. You seriously read my mind, because I was literally about to say that. <laughs> Those exact words. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, no, I'm just going to say the first big upset. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so you have Loyola Chicago as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Thank you for taking my shine away. <laughs> All right. Number five seed Tennessee against the number 13 seed Liberty. I'm going to actually take Liberty in this one. I have Oregon State versus Oklahoma State, and I'm taking Oklahoma State. (laughs) All right. Now I have San Diego State against West Virginia. I'm going to take San Diego State. I have Syracuse versus Morehead State. I'm taking Syracuse. And now from the final of the round of 32, I'm going to take... Clemson, the number seven seed versus the number two seed Houston. I'm taking Houston. I'm taking Houston. All right, now to the Sweet 16. Back up to the West. I have the number one seed Gonzaga against the number four seed Virginia. And I'm going to go with Gonzaga. I'm going to Gonzaga, but I, also, but I have them going against Ohio. Next. The number three seed, Kansas Jayhawks, against the number two seed, Iowa. I'm taking the Jayhawks. I'm also taking the Jayhawks. All right. Now, to the south, I have the number one seed, Baylor, against number five seed, Villanova. I'm taking Baylor. I have them. I have have Baylor winning. All right. Now to Utah State versus Ohio State. And man, I'm going with that. I'm going with Utah State. Well, you have Utah State, right? Yeah, I have Utah State over Ohio State. I have have Texas Tech and Florida, and I'm picking Florida. Alright. Now to the East... I have the number one seed Michigan against the number five seed Colorado, and I'm gonna take Michigan. I also I have them taking out Georgetown, but I don't think the Hoyas are gonna win it, so I'm gonna take Michigan. 
Now to the number three seed, Texas versus the number two seed, Alabama. I'm going with Texas again, man. I'm going to go with Texas to upset right here. You just love Steal My Shine, don't you? Wow. You just love doing that. No, I don't. <laughs> yes, but I also have taken Texas, and this is... And you can you can cross bias on how much you want. This is morally wishful thinking and us thinking that they're gonna win. Yeah, I think Texas like gonna do pretty good this year. All right, now to the Midwest. I have the number eight seed Loyola Chicago against the number sixteen seed Liberty, and I'm taking Loyola Chicago. I have Loyola Chicago taking on Oklahoma State, and I'm taking as I'm taking Loyola Chicago. All right, to San Diego State and Houston, I have. I am taking Houston in this one. I'm also taking Houston, but I have them going against Syracuse. All right, now down to the Elite Eight now. All right, I have the number one seed Kansas Jayhawks. Oh, wait, no, sorry, the number one seed Gonzaga Bulldogs against the number three seed Kansas Jayhawks. I'm going with Gonzaga. I'm going with Gonzaga against Kansas. All right. Now to the south, I have Baylor and Utah State. I'm going to take... Oh, oh man. I'm going to take Baylor. I have Baylor versus Florida, and call me biased. I'm taking Florida. Wow. All right. To the east, Michigan and Texas. I think Texas ends right here. I'm going to go to Michigan. Okay, Zach. Okay, again, this is morally wishful thinking for me. I'm taking Texas. All right, now the number eight seed Loyola Chicago against the number two seed Houston. I'm taking Loyola Chicago to make it. I I have Houston. All right, now to the final four. I have Gonzaga and Michigan. I'm taking Gonzaga. I have Gonzaga and Texas, and the match will run that Texas is having is going to end. Oh, man. All right. Now to the other side. I have Baylor and Loyola Chicago. And I'm taking Loyola Chicago to make it to the championship, to the national championship. I have Florida and Houston. And you can call me biased all you want. I'm taking Florida. Wow. All right. And the national championship, the number one seed from the West, Gonzaga Bulldogs against number eight seed Loyola Chicago. In this game, I'm taking Loyola Chicago to win this game. I have the the number one seed Gonzaga Bulldogs versus the seven seed Florida Gators. Okay, let's just be more realistic. I'm taking Gonzaga. Alright, so apparently, well, I'm going to pick a score, I guess. I'm going to go with uh, Loyola Chicago to win this game. I'm gonna go 78 to 69. Nice. Very nice. I'm sorry. Okay, um, I have, I have, I have, um, Gonzaga beating Florida pretty handily. I have them winning 80 to 65. All right. Wow. I Loyola Chicago on that magical run to the national championship. <laughs> they might even get out of the first round. So, 
that was this week's episode. So this has been this been episode sixteen of the Sports Season Podcast, and this will be the time where we do all our shameless plugs. Um, yes. Go, follow our TikTok at Sport Sports Season Podcast. Follow our Instagram at Sport underscore Season, and follow our Twitter at what, what is it? I think it's Sports Season Podcast. At Sports Season Podcast. Shameless plug. Go follow all of them. It's some good content. It's it's better than what it's better than what Adam Shepard is putting out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we make better content than all the other sports TikTokers, and we definitely upload on Twitter and Instagram. Go follow Shameless Plugs. Yes, Shameless Plugs. One more time, just go follow all of them. You'll get cookie. You'll be a good person if you do that. Um, I guess share the podcast as well. Share, share all of our uh, social medias and the podcast as well. So we can help us grow and so you can help us grow and make our dreams come true. Mm-hmm. So for, for so for this episode, this is John Contreras. And Adam. It's okay, whatever. Um this is the sport.